downhill from here, guys. Well, good morning. Dude, you're going to have to interact or this is going to be the longest sermon of your life. Do you want that? Who said sure? Y'all are nuts. I love you. You're not with them. <laughs> I'm not related to them. I have no idea who they are. All right, so I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story about a group of people called the Core of Discovery. Have you ever heard of the Core of Discovery? When you think of discovery, when I say that word, what's that mean to you? Found something, explore things. What else? Say again. Discover, yes. So they're, they're finding new things. They're looking for new things. They're trying to make those discoveries that will change the world. Well, the core of discovery was started in 1803 by Thomas Jefferson. And his goal was to send this group of people across the country to find a route on a river to make it from one side of the country to the other. Because they didn't have planes, they didn't have cars or roads, they didn't have trains. They were trying to get all the way across the country. You might know the Corps of Discovery by a different name. Anybody know? Columbus? No. He sailed across an ocean, but he was also in the water. Anybody heard of Lewis and Clark? Yeah. Lewis and Clark, Meriwether Lewis and William Clark were two soldiers whose job it was was to discover a river passage all the way across the United States. This super secret river passage that people have been talking about for 300 years and swearing, it's here, man. It's totally here. You just got to find it. And so these two guys who are expert boat builders and they are experts at, at leading an expedition like this and doing cool stuff and discovering new things and going places nobody's ever gone before, they all set off on this trip in the spring of 1803 and they leave from St. Louis, Missouri and they go up the Missouri River. They're going up the Missouri River for 18 months. They're going up the Missouri River. And they believe that when they get to the end of the river, they're going to find a little hill to go over. And at the bottom of the hill, at the other side of it, they're going to be able to slide down that hill and into the Pacific Ocean. But when they get to the end of the Missouri River, and they think they're almost there, it's almost done, they walk around the corner of this one hill and they see before them this grand valley and something called the Rocky Mountains. Have you ever been to the Rocky Mountains? Raise your hand if you've been to the Rocky Mountains. What would you, are they big? They're like huge, right? They've got like snow on top of tons of them. Snow-capped mountains. These guys had never seen snow-capped mountains because they're the biggest mountains in our country, in the continental United States. So they walk up and they see this massive mountain range and they thought their journey was almost over and then they see this range and they're like, uh-oh. Because all they've been doing is, is canoeing on a river. Now, can you canoe in the mountains? So if you're a boat builder, and if you think that the way you're going to get there is through a river, and suddenly you run into mountains, what goes through your head? Yes. 
That's right, I, I ain't going to make it, right? My first words would probably be, uh-oh. I did not plan for this. How do you figure out how to get through this? How do you get past this? But then, a young lady who was about 16 years old, who had just had a baby named Sacagawea. Sacagawea says to them, I can help you find the way. Because these are my people we're about to go meet, the Shoshone tribe. And they can guide us across the mountains. And so, led by a 16-year-old girl who is carrying a baby in her arms, this core of discovery goes across the Rocky Mountains, something they did not expect, something they could not have done on their own, all because they had to trust and all because of the skill of this one girl who was put at that place at that time to do that thing. They would have never made it. They would have died along the way if not for this young lady. The truth is, young people make all the difference in the world sometimes, not just in the regular world, but in the kingdom of God. In the, in the Bible, in the book of Esther, in Esther chapter 4, we see the story of Esther. Esther is the queen. She's been made queen because the king didn't like the previous queen, got in an argument with her. Her name was Vashti, so he had her killed. And then Esther comes along and she's like, I'm not, I shouldn't be queen. I'm not ready to be queen. I'm, I'm not prepared to be queen. I'm not even one of his people and he wants me to be queen. And so he, she says, well, I don't have much of a choice. I have to choose to be queen anyways. Anybody guess how old Esther was when she became queen? Any guess? 16 is a good guess. 20? 18? 25? 50? 15. You are correct. She was 15 years old when she became queen. 15 years old she became a queen. When she was about 18 or 19 years old, her people, the Jewish people, were being killed, were being rounded up and persecuted and killed by others within this kingdom. And her uncle comes to her, her uncle Mordecai, and he says to her, hey, you have got to tell the king to stop this. You have got to tell him this needs to stop. And she says, I'm not going to him. The last time somebody showed up unannounced, it was Queen Vashti. And what happened to her? She got dead. I don't want that. But Mordecai says to her, he says, look, your people are being destroyed. And don't think you will escape this. Don't think you will get away from this just because you're queen. And says in verse 14 of chapter 4, if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place, but you and your family will be destroyed. And then, she, then he says these words, who knows, perhaps you have come to your royal position 
for a time such as this. Maybe you've been put right here, right now, a teenager, to save your people and to change the world. The truth is, something we don't tell you very often, the truth is that Jesus, when he chose his apostles, he chose a whole lot of people who were teenagers. A lot of them. In fact, the apostle John, the one who would go on to write not one, not two, not three, not four, but five books in the New Testament. Do you know what he wrote? He wrote the book of John. He also wrote what? First John. And? Revelation. That's right. Five books in the Old Testament, or in the New Testament, including the last one. And Jesus picked him from the side of a lake while he was fishing with his brothers and his family. He was fishing. He was a fisherman. Which means a couple of things. One, he never went to school. He didn't know a whole lot of stuff. Two, the people of the other communities probably didn't like him very much. And three, he probably smelled like fish all the time. So this teenage boy who smells like fish, who's never had a decent education, and who everybody else looks at and says, you're weird, changes the world. Why do you think I'm telling you all this? Because sometimes people convince you that because you're a teenager or because you're a kid that you can't help change the world. And that is a load of baloney. You have something that old people like me don't have. You have passion. You have unending energy. You have a willingness to dream and say, you know what? We can do this and believe. Because when you get old, you get a little concerned about what might happen if you mess up. Y'all are brave. Y'all are brave like Sacagawea. You're courageous like Esther. And you're passionate like John. And I really believe with all of my heart that God is going to use that if you let him. When he shows up, wherever you might be, whether you're fishing or you're playing golf, or you're in school, or you're just walking down the street with friends, or you're playing video games online, whatever it is that you're doing, if you listen when the Lord calls you and says, maybe this is the time and the place when you need to change the world. This is the time when you need to follow me. This is the time when you need to say something to somebody. This is the time when you need to be brave and you just do it. You might be surprised what he can do with you you might be surprised at the miraculous things you get to see and you get to be a part of all because you said yes. Don't wait until you're old. I'll get it later. Jesus is calling you now. 
He will use you now, and he will do amazing things with you right now. I think I'm done. Is that cool? Any questions? Comments? Can, you got questions? Say what? No? Okay. All right, so I'm going to close this in prayer, and then I'm going to send you back on to wherever you're headed to next. Cool? All right, let's pray. Father God, we are so thankful for the opportunity to come to know you and to be a part of the great things you want to do here in this earth and in your kingdom. Before you in this room, you see a whole pile, tassel, mountains worth of young hearts, souls, minds, and strength that you call to be used for you. You call them even at this age to enter into the mission that you have for them to be courageous, to reach out, to go, to do, to say, to speak up. Because it's through people of this age that change, the world has changed. Thank you, Lord, for the young men and young ladies in this room. Thank you for their passion. Thank you for their courage. And thank you for their willingness to dream. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.